Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm here back in Bentonville, Arkansas, and I've, I'm back with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. It's been a few weeks since we've done a podcast, so yeah, it's, it's good, good to get back together here. Well, we've been busy. Yes, we have. There's been a lot going on, and uh, ever since the summit, it's, it seems like it's been fast forward. Yes, you know? it has. So... Uh, but uh, it's a good time of year to stop and and pause and, and take some time to to reflect on the year and and uh, and you and I both love Christmas time and oh, yeah. and so uh, I think most Christians do for obvious reasons I guess but uh, so we wanted to do uh, we want to do three podcasts here at the end of the year one each week leading up to Christmas and uh, and the first one today is going to be Christmas is faith we're going to talk about. What is how does faith enter into our Christmas celebration? So I thought we might start. It's kind of good to just think about. Maybe just love to hear from you, Rocky, on on how was faith? Had what's your first memory of faith being part of Christmas growing up, where you grew up and everything? Well, it's always been part of my Christmas. Okay, and I think that has to do uh, with uh, parents that emphasize that and. Uh, and uh, church that I went to, uh, and the, the stories that they gave us, and Christmas was always magical to me. I loved it, and my parents were really good about, you know, presents and treats and foods and candies and going to grandmothers and you know getting away and just having that special time of family. And but at the heart of it was always faith. Uh, as a little boy, uh, I lived kind of at, at not uh, within sight of a church that was on a hill. And one Christmas, they decided to put a star, a big star, on the roof of that at the point of the roof. And you could see it all the way down the highway for a long ways. You could see that star. And I and after they had it up there for Christmas, they decided to keep it up there from the home. And so, you know, it was it was just part of that aspect of maybe my uh, exposure uh, as a little boy uh, to the Christmas carols and and learning the Christmas carols, even learning them in school. Uh, They the Christmas carols, we did have some of the, you know, you know, sleigh bells and all that, you know, Mm -hmm. you have, Mm -hmm. but. But we also had a little town of Bethlehem and Silent Night mm. and all of those. And, and, and actually, those are ways to implant theology in little minds, mm. the, the words of these uh, wonderful hymns mm. that are Christmas hymns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember being in one of those when I was real. I, I, I have a very vague memory. I had to be very young, but I remember yeah. wearing an angel costume and being in some sort of choir singing singing songs and all yeah. that at school, you know, yeah. back when you could do that at school. <laughs> and, you know, the, the other part of it is that I don't think all the children in my life had the same uh, focus that I did on Christmas. And it might be that it, because they didn't have that faith component, it was more like Santa Claus and presents and 
ho, ho, ho. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, honestly, Rocky, I'm sitting here th- and I hadn't really thought about it till we sat down to do this, but uh, faith wasn't a big part of my Christmas mm-hmm. growing up until I was probably, so up until my high school years, uh, we didn't even go to church on Christmas Eve or, you know, that wasn't part of the, the deal. It was, it was just Santa Claus presents and doing Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, yeah. two different locations. But uh Somewhere along the way, my parents decided we'd start going to a Christmas Eve service, you know, and uh, and and again, even then, uh, my faith at that point wasn't a big part of my life. So it was, you know, we were just trying to get through it, you yeah. know, and we're joking about the candle wax dripping on our hands and, you know, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. You know, I mean, we were just like, get through this so that we can uh, and try not to crack up during the I mean, we were just just oblivious, really. Yeah. Just it didn't it was lost on me. Well, unfortunately. It's getting more and more that way. But one thing I would t- say this, I don't know if we have any uh, you know, parents with young children that are on this, listen to this podcast, grandparents, uh, people of influence in little children's lives. But because of the time of year, uh, impressions are very important. And, and, and giving them the story of the baby Jesus and the, and the, you know, the shepherds and the angels and all the other things that are tending to be pushed aside. If we put that in their thoughts and their, in, 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 when we are talking about Christmas, then the impression goes deep. Mm-hmm. And so never neglect that. Let that always be the first and foremost thing you do. And, and honestly, there's such a, mysterious aspect of the birth of Christ. Mm, it's mm. more so than Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. 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 And I and I, I do want to say that um, it probably wasn't until I was 30, you know, when I had my first child, and that's when I my started my abiding relationship mm-hmm. with Christ. And you and quit I, believing in Santa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, he, he can still point you to Jesus. But, uh, no, that's when I started taking it, you know, I started loving Christmas and started really medi- really understanding and the mystery and the excitement of what Christmas really yeah. meant, you know. It is mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that, you know, and, you know, it, it is kind of lost sometimes. It, it gets caught up in all the the revelry and the Christmas parties and the music. And the, we, we talk about it all the time. It used to be called the commercialization. Charlie Brown called it the commercialization <laughs> of Christmas, right? Right. And uh, and it's still out there, right? I mean, even the the, the vendors are in the, the in the retail stores are promoting Christmas like the day after Halloween. I sure. Um, but really, Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. That's why we, we celebrate it. A lot and, of competing uh, voices, though. A lot of competing things. It's not just the commercialization of it, but it's the it's the entertainment of it. Yeah. I mean, just think about all the football games you have during the Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. on Christmas Day. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just driven toward entertainment, uh, a lot of things. And I'm not saying that's bad. I mean, some, some people say... Uh, We've always loved Christmas because we have the family meal, we open presents, we celebrate Jesus, and we watch a ball game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, that's that's we're not legalistic here. Yeah, but I think the foundation that we build on is always built on built on the purpose of Christmas, the reason for the season, mm-hmm. and recognizing that. And I think the more that we recognize it, the more mysterious it becomes, the more enjoyable it becomes. Mm. Uh, have you ever gone out? on a real cold Christmas Eve night uh, and look at the stars to see 
and imagine what it was like for those shepherds mm. to all of a sudden have angels showing up, singing praises. And, and that would scare the heck out of a lot of people. And honestly, <laughs> angels were kind of dangerous back then because when angels would come and they strike people dead or they mm -hmm. do this, that, and the other. I mean, mm. they, they grew up knowing that angels not necessarily always good news. Right. And that's why the first thing the angel says, fear not. Yeah. I bring to you good news. Yeah, they were, the shepherds were, they were on the ground, you know, hitting yeah. the deck, you know. And they, and by the way, their social class was at the lowest as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rarely did they go to, you know, to temple worship. You know, they lived out in the fields. Mm -hmm. They were the lowest rung of the society at that time, financially and socially. And isn't it interesting that, that, uh, our saviors, uh, the angels that announced our savior's birth went to the lowest of the outcast. And you see, that tells me right there that he started giving a message of grace mm. right in the beginning. Mm. And let's go with that, if you may. I might. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, I was with a, a group of men that were, that were having their first extended time of prayer using the prayer cottage in the sacred garden. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in the prayer cottage sacred garden, the first room is the grace room. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why it's the grace room, because our faith is built on God's grace. Mm. It always begins there. He, he initiates and we respond. Mm. He initiated by sending us Jesus. Yeah. And that's his grace that he knew that we could not make it otherwise. It, it's going to require a savior. It's going to require a Messiah. It's going to require someone who would take away our sins because we are incapable of living the life that would qualify us for heaven. It had to be a substitution, and that's what Jesus was. But that was done not because we deserved it and not because we worked for it. It's because we couldn't. We couldn't deserve it. Mm. We couldn't pay the price. And by the grace of God, we have Christmas. Mm -hmm. So Christmas begins with grace. Mm -hmm. And the second part of that is faith. Mm. And this in, in this past weekend, I was going through the grace room. And, and you know, I was, I was wondering, okay, where am I going to go with this? You know, there's several chapters, several places to go. And God said, I want you to hang out in the grace room. I want you to just stay here with grace. Mm. Whole time, just grace. And Brian, you know, it's, it's interesting when I did that. You know what happened? It took me back to my childhood. Mm. And it took me also to the times that I was going out on those nights on Christmas Eve, cold nights, Christmas Eve, looking into the stars, imagining that what happened, that I began to see that by His grace, he began to show me his love mm. as a little boy. And, and it started me on my next journaling exercise for several weeks, and that is grace has been a part of every chapter of my life. It began there, but there are many chapters after that. But at every point has been God's grace to me. And, and honestly, I believe that when we talk about faith in Christmas, 
we need to also precede it by talking about the grace of God mm-hmm. in Christmas. Mm. Because honestly, in, in looking at that and focusing on that, that's made me appreciate the gift even more so. Mm. Well, and you, you talk about it in your book, Orphan No More, about the bedrock of grace yeah. that's underneath everything of our faith, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, to understand that God knows, cares, He's willing, and He's able. To understand who God is, you have to have the bedrock of grace. Yeah, right. Talk about that for a second. Interesting that um, the journey uh, has that aspect in the enlightened, and it has had it for years, that, that trying to present attributes of God to help us understand that not only is he an intimate God, but that he can be trusted. Mm-hmm. And so we unpack these aspects of him, that God knows everything about us. and God cares about what he knows about. Mm-hmm. God is willing to be involved with that which he knows and cares about, and God is able. Mm-hmm to be involved with that which he knows and cares and is willing to do. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that we've been presenting for a long time. So when I wrote Orphan No More, I had wrote Orphan No More because one of the books that we were using could not be copyrighted. It was copyrighted and we couldn't reproduce it internationally. So that opened the opportunity for me to write something that coincides with what we're trying to present. Mm-hmm. in the Enlightened series. And as I was writing it, there were two things that did occur that, that were not in the previous materials. One was the orphan spirit, mm-hmm. which the Lord wanted to unpack, and and we did so in that. But the other, and I think it's one of the most important things, was bringing into the, the whole concept that all of those attributes of God are built on a foundation, just like you have a house built on a bedrock foundation. Mm -hmm. The bedrock foundation of all those attributes of God toward us, the fact he knows, cares, he's willing, he's able, are all built on the bedrock of of grace. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean? Well, okay, well, what if God knows everything about you and me, but he didn't have grace? Mm. That means all the things that he knows about us, which is everything, we can't run from him. He's mm. a policeman that can catch us in every turn. Mm. He'll punish us too. That's what policemen do, don't they? They write us tickets. That's right. But God has a bedrock of grace so that He what he knows about us, he doesn't use it against us. He uses it for us to help us. Now, how does that shift our perspective of God? It, it it causes us to invite him in and say, tell me what I don't know about myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's what David said. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any hurtful way in me. Leave me in the everlasting way. He just mm-hmm. say, do surgery. Show me what I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. But we can do that when we learn to trust him. Mm-hmm. And we learn to trust him when we know he's a God of grace. That's right. And then the the beam above all that, that's it's, where the that's faith. That's faith. Because yeah. that's taking all that and putting it to mm. practice in our life is faith. That's right? the connector. Yeah. Yeah, that's a connector. You know, God I like I love it, love it this way. When God reaches down with a hand of grace and we reach up with a hand of faith, then we have salvation. Mm-hmm. We have relationship. Yeah. There's a reaching down and reaching up. Yeah. So, so I like what you're saying there, 
Christmas is the grace of God mm-hmm. sending Jesus. We didn't deserve it. No. While we were sinners, he, yeah. he came. Right. And uh, he rim reaching down to us, right. initiating it. Right. But then faith is us yes. saying, yes, Jesus. Receiving. Yeah, receiving Jesus. That's right. And yeah, to all who would receive him, mm-hmm. he gave right to become the children of God. That's right. That's now, right. That's the connection. Yeah, yeah. Faith is the connection. Grace, though, is the initiator. Yeah. Well, you know, I think um, one thing I want to bring in is the fact that one thing I like, the reason I like Christmas is because I feel like I see potential for, for with our faith to, to be more like Christ. You know, yeah. the, the, you know, as we abide in Christ, the fruit starts becoming transformed more and more in our life, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and all that. Of course, our faith in, enacts all that, you know, uh-huh. and that abiding enacts it really. But I think you, sometimes we, I feel like I see evidence of some of the fruit more so than maybe other times of the year. People maybe are a little bit more generous. You know, they, yeah. they want people, companies give bonuses and people care about who's in need at Christmas time. They want to go give coats yeah. to, and feed the homeless and, um, People think about their family, and you know, people are reaching out to people. People want to give gifts to each other. You right. know, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I think that it, it proves a few things, and that is when we take our, our eyes off ourselves and off our problems, and we focus on on Him, uh, it it transforms us. Yeah. Now, if we did that 365 days a year rather than one day a year, then we'd have a lifestyle of that. Yeah, that's right. And that's what happens when we learn to abide in Christ: is we we will live in that perspective. And that's what he says. It means to remain. You remain in that perspective. Yeah. Abide means to remain. And so you come and you start a perspective, but you remain in it. And and I think we should remain in this perspective that we have on, in Christmas time when we're generous and when we're looking outward and we're serving and we're joyful about the baby Jesus. Uh, we're joyful about the the birth. We're joyful about the life. We're, that's what abiding does for us. It creates a, a 365 days of the right perspective. Yeah, yeah. So Christmas isn't just a holiday once a year. It's, it's every day. Every day. You know, living out Christ in uh-huh. us every day. You know, receiving Him every day. But what happens when we do do it one? We experience a small transformation that doesn't hold. Yeah. Because it's just a, an event. Events don't hold. Yeah. They don't, they don't maintain but a lifestyle maintains. And so you can ask the question, well, what, what causes us to, for a brief moment in time, what causes us to begin to show evidence that there's a heart beating in these old shells here? Yeah. And I think it has to do with the fact that we take time uh, and, we, and, we, and we, we prioritize. Uh, you know, what we do with our children and our family and the love that we have when, when we gather is a time of love and, and encouragement and nurturing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, soul needs to be nurtured 24-7. Mm-hmm. When, I, when a soul is healthy, it doesn't require as much to dynamics to change it. It just needs to be maintained. That's why we have our times alone with the Lord. That's why we... Or in Scripture, self-feeding, that's why we're journaling, mm-hmm. is we're maintaining that connection. But if we haven't done that for a long time, if we've been so busy about life and things and details and troubles and all that, 
Well, it might take a pretty hard effort for a good while to get into the sink to change the, the, the way our life is moving and get into that uh, proximity where we're able to feel and uh, experience that which oftentimes we reserve for just holidays. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, I think Jesus is always trying to make himself known. You know, he, he you know he he loves the world. You know, and he and he's trying to make us known. And I, you know, I've been talking about the other day we were having a conversation about how the world seems a little off right now. You know, the, the equilibrium. Yeah, I think you said the equilibrium, equilibrium yeah. is off in the world. Right I said now. my equilibrium. <laughs> well, just a lot of things are just strange yeah. still. Ever since COVID and some other things, it just seems dark and divided and hatred and a lot, lot of lot of darkness in the it world. Is. And, and um, can Christmas bring us some faith, you know, and, and bring some faith, interject some faith into this darkness right now? You know, that's yeah. what maybe we're all hoping for. It can, but it has to be the kingdom uh, that we serve uh, is going to tell us a, what, a lot about ourselves. And if our kingdom that we're serving is our kingdom on this earth, then we're always going to have topsy-turvy equilibrium issues mm -hmm. you know with taxes with health with covid with violence with all the things that going on right there i mean if that's our kingdom that's our world is shaken mm -hmm. but if we're serving the kingdom of god in this world if that's our world our biblical view there of life and purpose and all that then we will actually not see this as a bad thing. We see this as a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I were talking about this today, that we've, we've seen a double on orders which show us that there's journey group activities expanded in every state in the, in the country and internationally as well. Yeah, in, in uh, 2020, we I just did a report uh, a year ago, we shipped, 900 orders to like 240 cities, which we were blown away by that because mm -hmm. how many cities, you know, and and then I did a print out on this year and it was 1800 orders to like 357 cities. Mm -hmm. It's growing. And, and that represents growing. groups of people. Right. It represents churches. That represents one order could represent many, many people. Mm -hmm. So the point being is that and we don't we don't really we don't do a lot of counting, honestly. Right. We're not into that. We're that, we don't, Our measure of success is not based on how many groups we have or how many sales we have of books or whatever. That's not our measurement. Measurement is transformation, transform lives. Mm -hmm. That's right. And we see that. We see the excitement. We see the energy that's occurring where people are saying, I want to help. I want to be a part of this. Uh, you know, Sign me up. Help me. Let me be a leader. Train me to be a leader. Things like that. We're seeing that. Self. And we hear we hear stories, we hear oh, testimonies, yeah. you know, of, of real tra transformed lives, you know, yeah. which is awesome. But it just shows you that there is a. It shows me that the world as it is is turning Christians back to the kingdom that they need to be serving all along. Yeah, yeah. It reminds us that we're just here temporarily, mm -hmm. and I do believe it creates a a, a great place for the harvest. Like Jesus says, that pray for laborers for the harvest. Mm -hmm. And we're praying for laborers, and we're seeing laborers raised up. So, yeah, it's, it, this is a, is a very difficult time for the world, and especially for people in 
Western civilization, it's been kind of spoiled mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. It's difficult because their equilibrium is being shaken. They don't have the stability they used to. I mean, they can't even they can't go to the store and buy anything right now, some things, and, and when they order it, it takes weeks or months to get it. So, you know, they're not used to that. They're not used to deferred gratification. They're not used to a lot of things that they grew up with. Well, and we've talked about it before, but if, if your faith is all about just going to church, and that's the extent of your faith— uh, it's been that's been rocked and yeah. shaken, and it doesn't yeah. look the way it used to. And churches are back open, but it's still a little different. Something's different. It is, but but again, it's the church movement's been redefined. Yeah, to see itself more out, not necessarily limited to to a certain model. Right, that's right, and that's a good thing. It is because good. that means it's going to make more disciples. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it's opportunities. We've seen it, you know, and I think that is why we're expanding and all that. We see opportunities to help people. Yeah. And, and that's what, when we talk about how dark the world looks, it makes me just say, we got to keep doing what we're doing because we, we know that what we're doing is helping people find Jesus and, and a life in Jesus. You know? Yeah. It's, it's all about him and him and them. Uh -huh. And, you know, and it's about him and me, you know, yeah, from the standpoint right. of my walk with him and it, it works its way out to the service of my life. And, and I have seen that, and I, I really do believe that might be one of the reasons why he used one of the most unreasonable un persons in the world when he used me, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I'm not anything special. I just wanted to know him and love him and and and, and walk with him, and I think when anybody does that, he does extraordinary things through that life. Mm. Well, I also think about at the holidays, people are gathering with their family and, and all of us have a lot of people in our families who don't really profess faith in Jesus or, yeah. or even some say they're Christians, but they don't seem to live their life that way. They're, they're like, there's not a lot of evidence in their life that they actually, that's what they believe. Um, and that's a burden for all, a lot of people, all of us, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and so, so maybe a prayer is that... Uh, Jesus can find its way into their heart, his way into their hearts yeah. this, this Christmas season, you know, so. The, uh, the, other, the other aspect of that is that some people, it's the saddest time mm. of the year. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have family. They don't have anybody. Mm. And they see, you know, the idealistic, you know, commercials and everything about family, 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 which is really good. But unfortunately, it's... You don't see it as healthy in families as maybe some of those commercials portray. Mm. And some people are are reminded what they don't have. Mm. But at the same time, if we can make the emphasis not about those traditional views of Christmas, but make it about the view of Christ in Christmas. Yeah. Those people who feel alone can find the greatest significant impact on their life by coming to know this Jesus that we celebrate. Yeah. Well, you told me that you saw a, uh, a series on Jesus years ago and you said it when it did the nativity scene, you know, the, the birth of Christ, yeah. there was a scene where there was a shadow of a cross coming the across the, the baby Jesus yeah. in the manger, right? Yeah, and it turned out to be like a dragonfly or something, but it, uh, it but but what it was, and, 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 and it was symbolic actually, and, and it was theologically, you need to know what that means 
you catch it, and that is this, is the baby in the crib was born for the cross. Yeah, yeah. That was his destiny. And that little depiction there, which was a creative depiction, people went <gasps> like that, a, gra- a gasp, you know, when they saw that. What is that? And, mm-hmm. and they saw it was a dragonfly on the lamp and casting the shadow, kind of like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the truth is, is that because of biblical knowledge about not only the birth, but the crucifixion, I knew what they were saying. Yeah. And they were saying, this infant was born for that cross. Mm. And the, why? Grace. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So by faith in him, you know, we have eternal life. You know, Jesus came so that we could we could have eternal life yeah. because of that cross. Yeah. That's right. And we don't see a lot of crosses in the Christmas celebration as much, do we? I mean, you see nativity scenes, you see other things, but... You don't see the cross no, as much. No, yeah. I, I have to tell you, um, I've got a blog that's going out on Christmas Day, and and this is this is something that really happened. A man that I know was going through a very difficult time with uh, young children at home, and he was his job was really in having a difficult time with that. His income was really down. He was a commissioned guy, and his wife was coming to him about ideas for Christmas presents, and on every one of them, he had to say, no, it's too expensive, no, it's too expensive. And uh, he um, he had this situation that was going on in his life. He was under a lot of stress. And the children were full of joy for Christmas, you know, and all of that. And uh, and he had, to, he had to tell them to go upstairs, you know, driving me nuts. And um, because he was so under stress because of Christmas and what he did not have to do for those children. Mm. And he went on to say that his oldest child, which was a boy, eight years old at the time, asked his mother, Mom, I'd like to write a, a Christmas story for Dad. Maybe I can encourage you. Can I do that? She said, yeah. So he sat down with pencil, a pencil and piece of paper, and he wrote it out, and he said, gave it to his dad. And he said, Dad, would you read this when you have a chance? His dad read it. And his dad broke down crying because the first thing that he read was this. This is the story of the greatest rescue that has ever been done. <laughs> and the man broke down crying. Because he had forgotten the meaning of Christmas. Mm. He had he had become a George Bailey in a wonderful <laughs> life. Mm-hmm. And it was a similar situation. But when he finally was able to get his thoughts together and all the other stuff that was pushing aside the meaning of Christmas, and, and the true meaning of Christmas was written to him by an eight-year-old saying, this is the story of the greatest rescue that's ever been done. Mm. Then we're told, our hearts are reminded why mm. Jesus was born. That's right. That's good. That's good. Thank you. I, I love that. I can't wait to read that blog. That, that'll be great. 
Well, uh, our time is up for today, but we'll uh, we'll come back with another Christmas message next week, um, and uh, I won't I won't spoil the surprise on what that's going to be, but what the theme will be next week. But uh, but anyway, uh, I wanted to also let you all know that uh, uh, this this is just a neat thing that happened. Uh, somebody uh, a, we had a generous donor offered twenty five thousand dollars in matching funds to help us with. Uh, you know, we talked about all the th- the orders that have shipped to the U.S. Well, that we didn't talk about. There's an interna- international expansion that's happening in Costa Rica and Africa and other countries. And so, uh, somebody wanted to put up twenty five thousand dollars in matching funds for anybody who has a heart for international expansion. So uh, that's available to all you out through the end of the year. So if uh, if anybody feels led to help us in that area, we'd uh, put that out there. That's a, on our website. You can you can find information about that. But uh, anyway, uh, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. I'm Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. And I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.